Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. The, the idea of you coming into this house is to be whole. It's a really good one, amen. We are no longer concerned about how you serve or if you serve. We believe we should serve. Jesus came to serve and not to be served. We as, we as his people are called to serve, but our hearts for this house and where God is taking us is that people would come into this house and they would receive wholeness through the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ and through his Holy Spirit. And so these family formation nights are crucial. And then after that, you're going to get plugged into those O groups. And O groups are no longer just a ministry of the church. Like we have our kids' own ministry. We have our worship ministry. O groups are now oasis. <laughs> They're no offshoot thing to this house. They are the, this, a part of this house. And so I want to encourage you guys, sign up, be a part of those moments, get into those moments. Even if you have gone through growth track, sign up and, and jump into that when you can. The first one is coming out here at the end of this month in the first week of February, just a heads up. All right. We have been in vision month, or I should say we started vision month last week, and we are excited to build this entire month uh, sharing and casting and leading us in the direction that God has, has called us to go. If you've been with us before in past years, Oasis has taken one day in January to share and explain what God has placed on my heart and Rachel's heart and our pastoral team for, that, for the whole year. And we said this year, over the course of the last nine months of what God's been doing in my heart and in our pastor's heart and our whole church, I really believe, we said we can't just have one day. I can't sit up here and share all that God is wanting to do in and through us in one day. And so we kicked it off last week and I said, God is in, in essence almost uh, what we believe he is replanting this house. We started this church a couple years back and we feel like God's really blessed us and done some great things. But now more than ever, uh, over the course of COVID and, and being able by his great mercy to look and to see all the things that we've been doing and saying, man, that was really good, but we're not sure that's what God called us to do. Man, that was really good, but man, that was a really weak foundation. Um, we want to be strong. We want to see wholeness. We want to see people whole. I don't want to see people come into this house anymore and just get a really good sermon on Sundays and walk out of here and act the same way, think the same way, live the same way. I'm going to do my best to not preach. I'm going to do my best to follow along here. But I, I came to the point of us looking and going, man, we are tired. I'm tired. I don't want people to just get a bunch of information to leave. I want transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit to happen in every single person. Whether you come one time and you get radically touched by, by God and his spirit or you come a hundred times to walk out of here and not just be wrecked in moments of worship or at prayer meetings, but to live wrecked. And everybody says that believes that in Jesus' name. That man, we're not just satisfied with seeing the miraculous done in, in these corporate temple gatherings. We want to see miracles, signs, and wonders pour out in your own life, into your own home, into your marriage, into your family, into your apartment, into your school. Guys, I'm going to preach because it's 11 o'clock. You're here. I don't have very long, but man, I, I want to see signs and wonders fill your lives like never before. We said we love miracles, and one of the kids in the first service at the 9 o'clock was doing worship, and he raised his hand. He's like, I love miracles. Come on, how many of you know we serve a miracle-working God? We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God that is alive and he is seated on his throne. Why are you yelling at me, pastor? I just chugged another coffee. 
We serve a God that is alive and he's calling his people and saying, no longer are you a people that are not gonna be distinct. You are gonna be people marked by me, called by me, touched by me, and you're gonna go into this city and you're gonna look a lot different from the rest of this city. And so we said family is the word of this year, but not just settling with family, settling for this idea of wholeness in our family, wholeness. So we gutted the house. We, we didn't just repaint the, 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 the walls of this house, speaking of Oasis. We went through and we looked at everything, our, our, our core values, our mission statement, how we're operating, how we as pastors, how, how, how worship happens, how everything happens. And the Lord, by his great mercy, has led us to this year where we think, man, this is not just going to be for this year, but this is going to be for years to come, for generations to come. And he unloaded on us this incredible mission and vision, this new mission. How many of you know we have a vision and mission statement before this time? <laughs> we did. See, exactly. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and our new mission, a vision and mission statement, Reuben just mentioned it. Um, it's this idea, it's this, it's this truth of we are a community formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus. Notice that. The truth of Jesus, nothing else. We are not going to be formed and shaped by anything else except Jesus. Always, only Jesus in this house. If you don't like that, if you're not cool with that, um, I'm here to say I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not. We're running after Jesus like never before in, in, in this house. And we're going to be formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus and his presence. Anybody thankful that Jesus gives us his presence? In and among us. And then we're going to practice as we practice the way of Jesus together. We're going to practice the words of Jesus. Jesus says on the, word, on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, hey, it's not, it, I don't want you just to, to hear these words. I want you to practice them. I want you to live them. I want you to do them. It's not good to just hear the words of God and walk out. It's, it's, it's our call to hear revelation and to live it out, to practice it, to do it together. We are called to be a wellspring of life. This is our old thing brought back into this amidst the desert of the city, an oasis to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. So we established this, this vision. The, the Holy Spirit gave us this vision. And then we said, okay, we want to be able to hold this thing up. We want to be able to do this thing. We want to be able, as the church, to have that continued flow, work, and be who we are, who we are called to be. And so we, we needed to look at our foundation. In our foundation, we had these core um, um, ideas of like core values, right? Anybody remember them? Thank you, one person in the back. Precisely why we need new ones. We had like people are calling, prayer or direct line. And we said, those weren't bad, but God is establishing a new work in this house. And so we came up with four pillars that God has said. And if you're visiting, this is Vision Month. We're just, we're talking to the family. I'm so glad you're here. I'm gonna get to a message in a second, but we said these four pillars are gonna be the things that we operate, the things we flow from, the things we build our lives on as the church, the thing we build this church off of. God's word. God's presence, God's family, and God's city. Those four pillars are how we will function as a church in every way. And so today we said, man, we're going to dive in over the course of today and this next month. We're going to teach on these four pillars and why these matter to us and why these matter to us as people of Oasis, but just as followers of Jesus Christ, right? Why these are essential. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. We're going to read this passage of scripture. We're going to build uh, each and every sermon this month off of this passage of scripture. So get to know this, read this, go back and, uh, and continue to read this throughout the week. I'm going to call one of you up next week to recite it by, by word, by memory. Who's ready for that? Amen. Pastor Eric's going to be the first one in Jesus' name. 
But this is gonna be what we thought. We didn't create these pillars in this vision mission statement just because we're really smart or we thought it sounds really good. We, we pull everything from God's word. And, and what we're talking about, where we're going, what we're doing, it all comes from God's word. And it says this in Acts chapter two. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I can't wait for the day that we as a people, we are not just riding off the backs of 10% of our house giving and being generous, but we are riding off of all of us seeing the, the purpose and the call to be generous and to give to the house of God so that when needs rise up, because they're rising up more than ever before, we don't have to be like, how are we gonna meet them? We, we are immediately uh, available and ready to meet the needs of every single person in Jesus' name. Come on, how many of you wanna believe that? Even in this small gathering today, like we believe that that's the call and the mandate as believers. And day by day, attending the temple together. That's a part of today's thing. Attending the temple, temple and table, and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. So Father, right now in these moments that we have together, I pray every word comes from you. So Holy Spirit, right now, where there are hardened hearts, soften. I pray that this word and this encouragement would fall on good soil. Convict us, change us, transform us. We don't want to be satisfied with where we've been, God. We want to go deeper with you. We want to know you more. And we want to build our lives on the rock. And so we acknowledge you in this room right now, Holy Spirit. We didn't come for me or for anybody else. We came for you. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. come on, everybody says, Amen. Amen. You're not watching a TV screen anymore. Praise Jesus. The reality is, I think this is a true statement that I, what I'm about to say, I think all of us would agree, that we all love a good story. Anybody love a good story? Every hand should go up. You watch movies, you watch TV shows, you read books, you, you, and you tell people about how good the movie was, how good the TV show is, how good that book that you were reading. You share stories that you like. We all like a good story. We like people that are able to tell a good story. I have a couple friends that, that are great storytellers, that every time they share a story, I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for what's going to happen next. We all love stories. We find ourselves creating stories. Hello? We find ourselves writing our own story. We find ourselves being people that want to create a story. The reason why this is happening, it happens in all of us, is simply this, because we are human. What? Yeah, because we are human. Being human it, it simply is the reason why we all love a story. If you go back to the garden in Adam and Eve, God began to create a story there in the beginning. In Genesis, he created his story of men and women walking with him, growing with him, being with him. It was the story of God started from the beginning. And being humans, we are captivated by stories. But being human, we, I hope and pray, specifically as believers, we become captivated with the story of God. 
That we don't find ourselves connected and attached to other stories, but we find ourselves connected and attached to the story of God and his kingdom. We all come from different backgrounds and different places and different countries and different cities and, and homes and upbringings and education. We all have stories that have formed and shaped us. Would you agree with that? We, we all come from different places that have created in us the way that we live and the way that we do things. What is crucial to understand this morning is that these stories are not just something that we participate in, the stories that mold and shape us, but these stories do something to us. The stories that we live in today aren't just something that we get to participate in and, and, and just kind of be like, oh, this is a really cool moment. No, these stories, these moments do something to us. What the stories in our lives do to us is they form and shape us. They form and shape us to be the people who we are today. We don't get to be innocent bystanders and just allow for stories to happen. We are always formed and shaped by the stories around us. The, the question this morning as we talk about this, this first pillar of the word is, is, is this. As believers and followers of Jesus, what stories are you a part of today? What stories are you allowing to be a part of you today? The crazy thing about us being humans as well is that most of the stories that form and shape us, we don't even realize are forming and shaping us. We don't realize that the word that was spoken over us as a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old or at a young age is fo is, has formed and shaped us. We don't realize the word that was spoken over us a year ago from somebody out of harsh, uh, harshness or not being kind to us has molded and shaped us and formed us. We don't realize that the aimless scrolling of Instagram and social media is actually forming and shaping us. Newsflash, guys, those images, those stories, those things that you are seeing that come into your brain aren't just coming in and going out. They're shaping and molding us every single time we go to them. That is why more than ever we need discernment of who we follow and what we're watching and what we're letting in because those stories, whether you want to admit it or not, are forming and shaping us. Conversations form and shape you, whether they're a minute or an hour, they will form and shape you. That is why you need to be careful of what you're saying or what, what conversations you're a part of. Because these things that we don't even realize oftentimes are the biggest things that form and shape us. They're, 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 they're molding our attention. The stories that we don't give much attention to are actually the stories that are, that are molding us. The story of consumerism. The story of trying to get approval. Okay, I said this in the first service. I think I need to say it again. If you've said yes to Jesus and his love and you've received him, you are approved by him. You cannot earn his love or achieve his love. The grace of God will not leave you where you're at. It will continue to change you and transform you. But you are approved and you are in the family of God. You don't have to go looking for stories to approve you any longer. If you have said yes to Jesus, you're good in Jesus' name. And everybody says the stories of, of popularity, of fame, the stories of being better than my parents. I want to be better than my parents. I want to write a better story. The American dream, that story, trying to write that story in our lives, whatever that means. The, the stories of, of desiring and having a deep relationship. But we're finding ourselves watching The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, this is a good round this time. He's a really good looking dude. You know what I'm talking about? This brother's, this bro he's, he's a good looking dude. He's a good looking dude. We all laugh and we watch it 
and most, and some of us in this room, me too, include, I, I'm not judging anybody. This is a judge-free zone, but, but like we're gathering around and we're sitting at the table with our cheese boards and our desserts and we got everything happening. We're ready to watch what this guy's going to do, who he's going to pick. How is it allowed that this guy or this girl can date 25 people? And that's not allowed. And if, if, you guys with me this morning? You mean turn the lights on? No, this isn't reality. That's not what happens on The Bachelor. They date 25 people at one time. If I were, before I was married, to go to my wife and say, Rach, I'm going to date you and 24 others, do you think she'd stick around? Do you think that you guys would all be like, that's a good call, JP, great job. But we sit there and watch this trash. <laughs> I do too, praise God. I, I, we, we, we sit there in what we don't realize it's actually forming and shaping us. What actually is happening, whether you want to admit it or not, that junk is shaping and forming and molding you. And so when you actually get into a healthy relationship where someone comes to you that's a gift from God, we actually don't even know how to handle it because we've been watching things that mold and shape us to be completely different from the God plan of our lives for relationships and healthy relationships. You with me this morning? Everyone's like, oh man, I can't watch The Bachelor. Isn't it Monday nights, tomorrow night, he's going to... I'm just saying, guys, you with me? Like stories form and shape us. The things we allow in our lives mold and shape us. Has the center of your heart been hijacked today by the things that oppose the kingdom of God? Have the things of this world molded and shaped you more than the kingdom of God? I'm talking to believers in this room. Have you allowed those stories to shape and mold you? Or, or have we come to the place where we're saying, no, 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 no longer am I going to allow those things to mold and shape me? Because the reality is of those, for those of us that have been transferred out of darkness into God's light, you guys thankful for that. Saying yes to Jesus, you were dead and now you're alive. You were lost and now you're found. You were forsaken, but you are held in Jesus' name. Come on, I don't know about you, but we're not watching on TV. We can just give Jesus just two seconds of praise that he has saved us, he has called us, he has set us free, he has brought us into new life. And so if we've been brought out of darkness into new light, the reality is, is now we have been brought into God's story. Woo! I am not the story of my past. You are not the story of your past. We are now a part of the story of God that, is being been, that has been told, that is going to continue to be told and unfolding. Therefore, essential to us as believers, in the believers' lives, in the heart of everything we do, specifically in this house and in your lives, is the story of God. That's why this pillar is so important. Because essential to everything we do, the story of God, the word of God, it, it reveals to us his story and how we can find ourselves in that story. Our stories change. His does not. Our stories constantly change. He does not. We, we need to find ourselves now more than ever to have our story come into the story of the living kingdom of God. Being a part of the people of God means that we have a story. We have entered into seeing, hearing, and participating in the beautiful story that God has written throughout history being the people of God and following the way of the Father. This is the word of God. And so you might all be sitting there going, great, pastor, we come to church, you preach the word, you've done this, that's awesome. Why are we making this a pillar? The reality is because we are in a culture today, a moment today, both inside and outside the church. And I'm, I'm talking to our house and I'm looking at the landscape. I, I love the big C church, I'm a big C guy. But inside and outside of the church, 
We are watching more than ever. I am watching. We are watching. I, I know pastors across, believers are watching more than ever that the narratives of the world are shaping and molding the church more than the word of God. And we as a church, me as your pastor, I'm here to say to you guys, we are not falling trapped to that stuff. We are going to fight. We are going to do our best to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to the word of God and to build our lives after, on a sure foundation, on the solid rock. This is a prophetic moment in essence for us. And as we watch, as we're watching the world today, we are 10, is it the 10th today? I think, what day is this? The 10th, praise God. Oh, great. Yeah, it's the 10th. I could have just... And 10 days into this year, remember what I said to you? We thought that this year would just bring all new things, great rainbows and butterflies. We're in life. And more than ever, we need to be people that are, are looking, uh, being looked at by the world and going, man, those people, they don't fall down when it gets hard. Man, those people, when the waves come, they don't get tossed. Man, those people, they know how to live life and live it to the fullest and live with peace and live with joy and live with grace and live with mercy. They are people that, man, the world is looking to us. Culture is crying out to us to say, man, we want to be led. And we, as God's people, today more than ever have to say, man, we are going to be led by God's word. And God's word goes counterculture to everything. And so it's not good enough for us to preach messages that just share some hope for you. I, I need to sh say this. I know we're a little bit behind today, but I promise to get through as much as I can. You all believe in me in Jesus' name. Why this is so important is because God's word gives us deep theological truths to the way we live. And I, I need to say this as your pastor. There have been times in moments in this house where I've been up here doing this and I've heard God's spirit say something to me and I've said, nah, <laughs> nope. Something that was necessary, something that was needed, something that was a, a word that would go counterculture to today's society. And I've said no out of fear of man, out of fear of being canceled. It's 2021, we're watching people get canceled left and right. And I've held back, saying, no, 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 we'll be okay, we'll get through it, we'll, we'll just keep moving along this boat, we'll continue to ride. And now more than ever, I, I need to say first, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But now more than ever, we as a church, we are gonna live according to God's word. We are gonna preach this whole thing. We are not gonna fragment the story. We're not gonna fragment things. I am not going to allow for things to be fragmented. I'm not just talking about topics that are big issues in today's world. I'm talking all the way down to how do you honor someone? What's the word of God say? How's your finances operate? <laughs> you, you awake this morning? We need to turn the lights on. What's God say about relationships? What, what has God ordained to be true between a man and a woman in marriage and in relationships? What has God said to, be, to us as his people, called by his name, how to live and how to move and how to have our being in him, not fragmenting the story, not making you walk out of here with, a, with almost like a cheering parade to walk out of here and then to fall on our faces Monday, to fall on our faces Tuesday, but to go, no, 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 we are gonna be people that are formed and shaped and believe this word to be true, to be authoritative, to be the thing that we follow, the thing that we live by. Connecting ourselves because of the salvation of Jesus Christ to the story that has been told and will continue to be told. You with me? If we disconnect ourselves from the story of God, his word, we are going to connect ourselves to other stories. 
It's happening. It's happening everywhere. We are, we are watching. I, I have. Let me just bring it home to me. I have connected my life and my story to stories that are not God's kingdom. And I've sat there and gone, God, where are you? What's going on? And in his kindness, he says, Jay, you, you've attached yourself to not my truth. If we want to be people that are secure and steadfast and confident, then, man, we got to connect ourselves to the God story. we got to connect ourselves to the word of God. We have hope that in doing this, we will see God's hand of mercy. We will see God's hand of grace. We will see God's hand of favor. We will see God's hand of provision. We will see God's hand of peace. We will see God's hand of joy. Come on, anybody thankful that when we attach ourselves to the word of God, we will live in the abundant life that God has promised us, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of trials. We will not have to be people that are walking around going, man, what is happening? What is going on? No, no, no. I know how to live. I know how to do this. I know what his word says. It's not good enough anymore for us to just be people that open this thing up five minutes a day and go, man, that was really good, but the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, like, teach me, show me, lead me, guide me, direct me into all truth. So the word of God answers countless uh, 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 questions that we have. The word of God, I believe, is a solution to every problem. I'm learning this more and more as I counsel, as I come and sit down with people, that every problem and solution that people face, that I face, the word of God has a solution to it. Do you know that? Do you believe that? I hope so. I encourage you to, to, to believe that. That following the word of God and, and knowing the word of God, it can, it can truly speak to everything that is going on in your life if you allow that story to happen in you. So this is a pillar of our house. I, I could do a whole sermon for a year on the word of God, right? So this isn't easy to summarize what, why we believe the word to be a pillar in one message. But I do believe that today, I just wanna address a couple questions in just 10 more minutes. That the world is asking, the world is crying out, that we as believers have to come to grips with. Because when we can answer these three things in confidence, I'm telling you guys, we will see ourselves grow deeper and deeper in the love and the knowledge and the truth of who our Father is. The world is asking, why are we here? How did we get here? How do we live in this world? And man, what is actually my calling? What's my purpose? What am I to do here? How many of you have asked that question before? Any of those three questions? Every hand should go up. I know all of us have been like, what are we to do? Why am I here? What's going on? What's happening? And the word of God shows us. And these, these, these questions will fundamentally shape our story if we attach them to something outside of God's word. Did you catch that? If we ask these three questions and other questions, but just these three today, we will attach ourselves to other stories if we are not running to the source of life, the one that started this whole thing. And so the first thing that people are asking is, is, is how did I get here? How did this whole thing happen? Well, pastor, we know God created it. True. The word of God reveals where we have come from. Here's the, here's the reality. I'm just going to summarize this point because I don't have time. The word of God reveals to us that God spoke you into existence. Do you believe that? Psalms talks about how he spoke you into your mother's womb. That he knit you and formed you together in your mother's womb. That he knows every hair on your head. That he knows when you are in the valleys and when you are on the mountain. He knows every cry that you've cried. 
He knows every piece of uh, a moment of rejoicing that you've rejoiced. He knows everything that you are dealing with. He knows every struggle that you are walking through. He knows you more than anybody else. And the reality is, is that God's word reveals how we got here and who we have been created by. And in knowing that he has done all those things to us, it gives me, and I hope it gives you, a deeper trust to trust his word. To trust his word and say, man, God, I know you formed. I know you shaped me. I know you brought me to this thing. I know you spoke me. And in your goodness and in your kindness and in your, in your vast grace, the things that sometimes I don't even understand, out of all of that, you are the one that placed me here. You have called me by your name. And see, if we don't come to grips with that, if we don't come to the heart's resolve of that, we will walk around with orphan spirits. We will walk around disconnected from the designer and from the creator. You did not just show up here one day by chance. You were designed by the great designer, and he has designed you to do great and mighty things. He has designed you and called you and equipped you to go and to carry the gospel and to carry your talents and abilities and gifting that he's given you into your workplace, into your schools, into your families. He's called us because he is the one that has spoken us into this thing. That's a good word, pastor. And see, today, more than ever in a generation where people are saying, don't tell me who I am. Don't tell me where I've come from. Don't tell me how to live. No, no, no. As believers, we say, no, no, we know who's formed and shaped us. So we're going to follow him. And if we get this out of order, if we allow for truth outside of that to start to creep into our story, we will attach ourselves to all these different things. Instead of saying, no, God formed me. God spoke me. God spoke this whole creation into existence. Do you understand that? God out of his mouth spoke light. God out of his mouth spoke darkness. Spoke the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and of all land. He did all of this. And the good news is, is God is still speaking and creating and speaking life today. He's still giving mothers, children, fathers, children. But he's speaking life over marriages that are on the brink of disaster. He's speaking words of life over the things that, man, I feel like I'm at my end of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. He's speaking words of life. God is the one that speaks all truth in Jesus' name. <laughs> and man, we are looking around going, I want truth. I want, I want to, someone to tell me. The word of God will tell you. The word of God will tell you how to live. And that takes me to my second point, is that people are crying out more than ever saying, man, I want to know how to live. And the reason why we built this pillar of this house of, of the word is because the word tells us how to live. I know if you've grown up in church, if you've been around this thing called Christianity, you've heard that. But the reality is, is more than ever, we have to come to the resolve that either we believe that or we don't. Whether you've been in this thing for a minute or 10 years, that we have to come to grips with the word of God tells us how to live. How many of you don't like pieces of scripture Thank you for your, my, your pastor's hands up. <laughs> I read that thing and I'm like, nah, God, I don't really like that. No, that's not for me. I was reading this morning in Galatians and I was getting wrecked, wrecked. I was like, man, God, I cannot go preach. I am like, man, I need to just be here with you. I need to be, <laughs> man, because this word that I read this morning, I was like, oh, <laughs> you're calling me to live like that? I don't want to. Anybody else? I don't want to do those things, God. And the fact of the matter is, is that we that are people of God, we, we don't have an option. Oh, you can, but I want you to get to the end of your life and my life and say, well done, that good and faithful. Hear those words to you. That now more than ever, we have to be people that say the word of God is going to shape and form how I 
live. Not, not, not like choosing it like in moments where we need a crisis moment, but every single day going, man, when it comes to peace, I'm gonna go to the word of God. When it comes to how to care for my neighbor, I'm gonna go to the word of God, right? Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, okay, God, your word says it. I'm gonna do it. I, I, I trust your word. It's better to trust God's word. Hey, let me just say it this way. I challenge you. I did this in the first service. I challenge you for the next six months. Obey God's word. Listen and live off of God's word and watch what happens in your life. Can, can, you wanna do that? If, don't, don't need a hands raised. Just Because I found in my life that it's better to choose God's word and his words and obey them than to not. The people of God all throughout the Old Testament understood that. Hey, if you follow the, the law, if you follow God's word, Yahweh's words, and you, you don't give your life to another God, you don't serve other gods, you, you follow the one true God, you'll be protected, you'll be covered, you'll be cared for, you will have food. You guys, read the Old Testament, it's awesome. I'm reading the Bible in 30 days right now, I'm getting wrecked right now in the Old Testament. Who would have thought? That was a better joke in my head than out here. God's people understood that if I stay attached to Yahweh, to God, the Father, I will be covered. But if I disobey and I go against his words, we see all sorts of craziness happen. Slavery, bondage, wandering in the desert. Come on, you with me? The word of God from the beginning and even into the New Testament. Jesus says, hey, if you actually love me, you're gonna obey and live out the words that I tell you. Hey, if you actually love me, if you actually want to say you are a follower of me, you're going to follow my commands and you're going to live these things out. Hey, if you love me, you're going to listen to my words, you're going to obey my words, and me and my Father are going to come live in you, John says. It's not good enough to just claim Jesus on the weekends. It's not good to have it in your little profile with a cross and a scripture verse. No knocks there. But it's saying, hey, at this house, in this house, we are going to be people that follow and live by the word of God. Every decision, everything that we do in life, how we operate in our workplaces, how we operate in our homes, how we operate in our marriages and in our relationships, how we operate in this society, in this culture is going to be directed by the word of God. Not choosing when we want it but saying yes to it always. You're with me right now. Matt, you can come on up. We're gonna close in a moment. But this is important for us that the pillar of this house is saying we are going to build this house on the word. Not some of it, all of it. All of it. Every part of this word points to Jesus. Did you know that? Pastor O'Morris was here, about it, well, it has to be a year plus ago. He was getting all fired up. You guys all know Pastor O'Morris Crawford. He's a great great friend, house, overseer of the house. He jumped up on a chair. You all remember that? Does anybody remember that? It's, yes. And he started screaming out every book of the Bible and how it pointed to Jesus. This whole entire book has pointed us to Jesus, the one that we follow. Jesus didn't, the, the, God didn't give us his word just to say we want to pick whatever feels good and feels right. He gave it to us and said, you follow this whole thing. This whole thing is a guide and a direction for your life. This isn't a narrative. This isn't just a story. This is our playbook. You with me? This isn't just some cool history lesson. You want a history lesson? Go pick up a history book. This is a story of a living, breathing, active God that's in our lives today. And so the word answers how we live. The word tells us, do not be anxious. How many of you know the word says that? 
It doesn't say if you want to or not, don't be anxious. It's a command. And so when we hear that, we go, whoa, how do we do that? How does that happen? It happens by us coming into community together like the apostles did in Acts 2 and the people did, the believers. And they devoted themselves to it. They practiced it. They lived it out. That's why O groups now more than ever are so important that when you hear a word, do not be anxious. And you go to your O groups and you talk about it and you discover it and you pray with one another and you take communion together. And then you leave that time, not just with a bunch of information, but now practicing and living it out in your own life and coming back to your group and saying, man, I actually saw how I can hold on to the promises of Jesus when he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, present your quest to God and the peace of God, the transfer. I'm speaking really fast. You with me? Yeah, amen, right? When I, when I know those words and those words come alive in me, I, hey man, I was at my workplace and the job was so stressful and so crazy and I just started proclaiming scripture and man, everything started to settle because I know God's word says, be anxious about nothing. So that's why we do this together. That's why we're moving in this direction of doing this together. And so the final thing that we need to understand is God's word, the pillar that we've created. This is important for us. God's word reveals to us who we worship. The world is looking to worship something. And they're asking questions. They're, they're showing their hand of, I want to worship something. I want to give my life to a cause. I want to give my life to a purpose. It's not all bad. I want to give my life to something that matters. And the word tells us, give your attention and your worship and your life to Jesus. That's it. To Jesus. Only Jesus. See, because what you worship, what you give your attention to, will ultimately be how you sh uh, your, your story's shaped and formed. Oh, it's the reality. If your story is all about your job right now, it's not a bad thing. Your life will be shaped by your job. If your story is anything else apart from Jesus, that will be the thing that shapes and forms you because you'll give your worship to it. And Scripture reveals to us that the people in Acts chapter two, when they gathered together and they opened up scripture and they devoted themselves at the table and in the temple, reading God's word, sitting in his presence, what it did to them is it reoriented their focus back to Jesus. See, you get the word of God, you get into it, you dive into it, you, 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 you rest in it, you dwell on it, not just because you wanna get a bunch of information, but because you want your attention to focus back onto the main thing and the most important thing, Jesus. This is hard. This messes with our, with our flesh and our desires to give our attention to so many other things. Make sure that everything, people around me know that I'm this or that. No, no, no. Just give your attention to Jesus. When you're much with Jesus, he'll make you much. As people of God, it's not good enough for us to just sit here and go, man, I'll read the word sometimes. I'll hear a good sermon. But the call for us today is saying, man, I want to reorient my focus every single day, day in and day out, to turning my attention to Jesus. You want to know how to get whole? Get with Jesus. You want to know how to stop fighting the same battles? Get with Jesus. You want to know how to break off the addictions? Get with Jesus. Yes, be a part of the community. We're going to talk about that, but it starts with his word. When you know that the word is a double-edged sword, ready to pierce, ready to cut, ready to, ready to heal and deliver, man, you will get in the word and you will soak on the word and you will meditate on the word because you know that it heals and transforms every dark part of our hearts. So scripture says, 
you want to know who God is, look to the face of Jesus. And how you look at Jesus, you get to his word. Now more than ever, we need his word. Would you agree? Some? Because we are being tempted to give our attention to a lot of things. Let me say it to this service and I'll wrap up. This wasn't said last, but I feel it in my spirit. And I told you guys I'm going to do my best to. There's a deep spirit. Second Thessalonians talks about it. Chapter two. Where there will be a spirit of delusion that comes upon people. Check it out. Read it. Delusion. And I, listen, I'm not just talking about the events that just happened. No, those were sick. Those were disgusting. That was nasty. That was wicked. Hear me? But this spirit, this day and age, where we are looking for truth, but people are walking around with this spirit of, of delusion, where their minds are just completely messed up. Believers, I'm not, this is not to condemn anybody. This is a call today. This is a call for me. I had a terrible mindset the first four years of planting this church and pastoring this church. I'll admit it. If you want to talk to me about it, come talk to me. I had to get on my face and fall on my face and say, God, I'm sorry for that mindset. I'm sorry for that thinking. I'm sorry for that, that, that way that I acted. I'm sorry because your word tells me otherwise. So if we, need to, if we want to be people that break off this spirit that is attaching itself to so many people, we need the word of God to be the thing that shapes and forms and molds us. Is that okay to say? You're like, you're saying it anyways, Pastor. I am. The world is chaos. It's nothing new. But the church does not have to fall prey to it. Hello? The church doesn't have to fall prey to it. We can be people that are at peace, have confidence, rest assured in the goodness of our God and trust that he has great and mighty plans for us. That his ways are higher, his ways are better, his ways are greater. And so that's why, man, old groups are so crucial coming together. Hey, we want to resource you as a body. We want to make sure that you are able to read your Bible. How many of you know reading the Bible sometimes gets very confusing? You're like, what the heck is going on here? Anybody? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, my brother. Right, right. Sometimes reading things in the Old Testament, you're like, what is happening in Leviticus? Like, what is going on here? We don't want to be a church that, that like, I can't cover every part of Scripture in a sermon. But there are reading plans and resources that we're going to continue to create and develop. But one of them, they're going to have a screen real fast as we close. This is my fourth close and I'm done. See, I'm closing the laptop, guys. It's awesome. Don't worry, you'll get to the football game soon. Um, we've been partnered with this, this, this incredible group. Has anybody heard of the Bible Project? They do incredible videos of the books of the Bibles and different things. Go check them out. But the Bible Project, um, we've been able to connect ourselves with them and dear friends and awesome people. And they've created this reading plan, this whole story. Scan that QR code. It'll come right to you. It can be on your phone. It can, it can happen wherever you have a, a, a device. And, and you can go in there and you can begin to read the whole story of Scripture. Not going through some reading plan where you read 6, 10 chapters of Scripture and you're like, I don't know what just happened. 
but it'll articulate, it'll share, it'll teach, and it's sound doctrine and teaching that we believe in and trust, and it's gonna walk you through the story of Scripture. And so I wanna encourage you guys, if you do not have a strong plan of how to read the Bible, scan that thing today and begin to read the Word of God and watch. I Just take my word for it, that over the next couple weeks and months and years, you dive into the Word of God, you're gonna see your life more at peace. You're gonna see wholeness come to you in areas that you never thought possible. In one word with Jesus, it can change everything in our lives. So I want to pray today as we go from this place that we would be people found to be formed and shaped by the Word of God. Not having to be people that ask those three questions and connect ourselves to other things, but be people that ask those three questions and know the answers. Amen? Will you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Father, right now, in your kindness and in your mercy. We're so grateful that you speak to us, that you care for us, that you've brought us into your family, into your story. And so, Father, I pray right now for a Holy Spirit strengthening for your people to dive into your word, to be consumed by your word, to know your ways, to rest in your truth, to hold on when everything else in this world is telling us opposite, to hold on to your promises and to your truth. Father, you are the word. You are the great designer. You are the creator. All other ground is sinking sand. We want to build our lives on the rock. You are the rock. And so I pray, God, that you would help people. You would strengthen people. Holy Spirit, you would give minds um, uh, just uh, and spirits the, the understanding of your word. Oh, God, I pray that we wouldn't just understand it, but then, Father, we would take it and we would live it out. We would obey it. And we would constantly be found in your story for our lives. So, Father, I just pray that you give peace and rest to my brothers and sisters today, that they go from this place and they continue to seek after you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this house, God. I know this is just the beginning, and you're going to continue to build and shape and grow this house to be a mighty house for such a time as this. And so we love you. And we praise you and we bless you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, and everybody says, come on, can we just thank Jesus one time in this place for his grace? Well, amen. Well, church, we will see you prayer meeting here, also online, but in person this Wednesday. Come February, we'll be doing every other. But this Wednesday, prayer meeting is going to be awesome. We'll see you. Sign up for Family Formations. God bless you as you go. Have an incredible Sunday. And we will see you Wednesday and next week. Take care.